Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to Unscripted. I'm excited for today's guest because... He is going to bring the heat. We just had a few moments of conversation around pushing the envelope and why do we sometimes do things that we know maybe are going to stretch us beyond where we currently have the capacity to hold. But I was saying that's probably why you've gotten to where you are. So Ken is a CEO of the Ken Gosselin, Jocelyn team and the Grow Stack Drive brand. Ken is a pastor turned coach, and I can't wait to dive into that. And real estate powerhouse. Ken hosts Create, the number one entrepreneur conference in the Southeast. And we were just jamming about this mastermind that's coming up in July that uh, is now the second one you're going to be running this year. That's amazing. And as the leader grows podcast, he has shared stages with people like John Maxwell, Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, and his GSD elite mastermind. Am I safe to say that's the get shit done mastermind? It is, baby. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's my favorite. The I people heard that we got in there, they get it done. <laughs> Get it done. Oh, you, you know, yeah. you're with the right people when, when they're talking about like that, but Ken just runs an exclusive community of exceptional performers and top earners. His drive as a leader, he's closed over 250 million in real estate transactions and is the author of the best-selling book as the leader grows. Ken is the go-to coach for entrepreneurs to build confidence, gain clarity and create community. And his favorite topics to chat about are some of our favorite leadership, consistency, and relationships. Ken, can we just first just dive into the-, the I past? thought you were going to say food. Like, I love to talk about food. I like Michigan football. I thought uh, we were yeah. going to talk about something really good. Oh, you know, we can get in all of that. We, how long do we have? Oh, we're, yeah. You're with the, uh, the uh, foodie queen. I, I'm, that's literally, I'm Italian, yeah. so that it's my heart. But the, the part about your transition from each stage that you've been in is the part that got me super curious yeah. and wanting to have like a deeper conversation because we can show yeah. all of the accolades, all the cool people that you know, all the money that you've made. Yeah. But in order to relate to kind of what I think has been going on for a lot of people, in particular women who listen to this podcast, is life transitions and feeling like it's not normal or for them to want more is this, there's guilt and shame around that. So Talk to us how, A, you yeah. became a pastor, because I love that. There's always got to be some good story yeah. of how that happened. Yeah, so I gave my life to Christ in August of 1993. I was 25 years old. Didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about church. Got invited. My next-door neighbor was a youth pastor. One of my best friends I played softball with every weekend. And um, first time I heard the gospel, I gave my life to Christ. I responded. And three years later, two and a half years, three years later, I was in full-time vocational ministry. Um, they said I started teaching... Um, at that time, a Sunday school for high school students. And I guess I was 25, 26 years old then. It's been a minute. And um, I grew that little Sunday school class from, I don't know, a handful of kids, about 35 or 40 high school kids. I, was, I guess I was still, I've been accused of being 54 year, a 15-year-old trapped in a 54-year-old's body now. Um, <laughs> I must have been really fun back when I was 25, 26. Grew it to, you know, like, 40, 50 kids every Sunday, planted another church. They said, hey, you're our student guy. I had no idea what I was doing. I started it with five students, grew it to about 350 kids a week and um, had one of the largest youth ministries in the country, which afforded me opportunities to be able to speak on some pretty big stages with some pretty amazing people like John Maxwell. And wow. um, yeah, so that was the, that was it. 
what a great foundation to build like your whole career on, like learning to share something that you love that you're passionate about. Right. Like, and then roping people into that building community around like this common thing that everyone can find some relation to. Um, wow. Like you, the setup there, the setup, it's a setup for me with all that in that story. And then moving from that and having that opportunity, how did coaching come into play? It was a natural phase that people started asking for your yeah, input, your help. I mean, it feels same, like it would be. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference between pastoring and coaching people? It's the same thing. Um, you know, I get the question a lot. Do you miss pastoring? And uh, I was on the phone with Erwin McManus, Erwin Pastors Mosaic out in LA. He's probably one of the, he's my favorite storyteller of all time. Nobody tells a story like Erwin does. And we mm. were on the phone a couple of days ago. He texted me this morning. We were on the phone for about 35 minutes the other day. And I think he's got six New York Times bestsellers. Um, we were just talking the other day and he's he's not transitioning because he's still pastor because his church is large. They do a, a lot of worship comes out of Mosaic and a lot of the stuff that happens around the country. They're, they're trendsetters and and um, he's like, so he's now he's doing his own mastermind. So he called me to ask me some advice and also invite me to be a part of his mastermind. And, you know, it's funny because we're talking about that question. Do you miss pastoring? And he just started laughing when I told him because he knew exactly what my answer was going to be. I'm like, man, I pastor more people now, um, more influential, influential people, more people that have the opportunity to make a greater impact than I ever did before. And a lot of those people were never coming to my building on Sunday. They just weren't. And now I get the opportunity to, in everything we do in our online community and our mastermind in our create conference. And you mentioned the list of friends that I have is insane. Um, everything revolves around our core five, which is faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. And it starts with faith. My best friend's Muslim. He, he's Persian. He's not, he's not a Christian. He's not a Christ follower. And and I get a, I got a lot of flack this year at Create Conference. I had him and about four of my guys from my from my. I have a text thread with six guys. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I put my hand on Jeff's shoulder and I said, "This is my best friend in the world. He's Persian. He's not a he's not a Christ follower. He doesn't read the Bible." I said, "I want him to grow in his faith." And I know if he has questions about faith, he's going to come to me and ask me. And when he asks me, I'm going to be able to tell him. He's going to see that. He's going to see it. He's going to see it lived out in my life. And in scripture in Genesis 126, it says we were created in God's image. Literally that, that Hebrew, it's so funny when you start breaking down scripture and you understand Old Testament's Hebrew, uh, New Testament's in Greek, but the Hebrew, you can take one word in the Hebrew and it literally can be a whole phrase or a whole paragraph in, in English. And literally that word reflection means we're just to reflect the character and nature of who God is. So we're to love people. We're to, we're to give grace and mercy. Truth is also a part of that. And so, you know what? He sees that in my life. And so he asked a lot of questions. I got another young guy, my mastermind, who's a multi-millionaire at 25, 26 years old. He's reading scripture. He's from Baghdad. He's reading the Bible right now. Why? Because me and a lot of guys that we spend time with, man, love God and love Jesus. And he's curious. He's like, man, you guys are successful, but you still love God. You guys are super successful, but you're also, you're also significant. You guys, I just did a podcast this morning on integrity. Like you can be successful and walk in integrity because here's the deal. And this is something that God just dropped on me this morning, in my podcast. You can't be authentic without being integrous. People want to be authentic. They're like, can you're so authentic? My, one of my really good friends, Gary Brecka, a year and a half ago, and I don't want to dominate the first part of your podcast, but Gary, at this event that I did at Brad Lee's space in Vegas, Brad and Gary and a bunch of friends of mine were together, but Gary talked about authenticity. And he said, the two components to authenticity are 
a, a, an understanding, a, a vast understanding about a subject and a deep passion. And he talked about how there's a study, a scientific study, where we emit electromagnetic magnetic frequencies. The highest frequency we emit as human beings is authenticity. The highest frequency that's sought after, authenticity. And in this Instagram influencer world we live in, which sometimes just makes me sick, is, man, when you get around people that are authentic, you're like, it's like, you're freaking like, I want more of that because it's so real, so raw, so authentic. And it connects with people really at a heart and a spirit level. Yeah, no, so true. And I, I love when podcasters are on my podcast because I'd have to do very little besides facilitate this actual conversation. It's amazing. And, you know, being authentic and having that piece of authenticity is a struggle for a lot of people because they're so inundated with the bullshit of social media and, and what they think they're supposed to be showing up, doing, saying, having all of the above. So it's hard for people to be discerning when it comes to thinking their own thoughts or letting themselves have that connection with God that then leads them through intuition to then become the best version of themselves or show up as the true version of themselves. They don't Mm -hmm. often even know who they are. So how can they be in integrity if they don't know who they are? So we're, I'm just going to dive into that because I know people listening fall into that category of, I wouldn't say they completely don't know who they are, but feel lost at times and don't have that faith foundation or don't have that base Mm -hmm. to go back to, and often maybe only want to go back to it in times of need, not in times of growth or strength or gratefulness. Like we find that often people find that place or that connection with God's source when they really feel at their rock bottom. Like we know that story to be true. Um, For people listening who are struggling, finding that authenticity piece or feeling an integrity with the things that they're doing, what advice or words of wisdom do you have to share with us on that? Yeah, identical twins still have different fingerprints. Man, they can be they can be so identical in the way they look that a mom or dad can't even tell them apart, but their fingerprints are still different. Like God put something in you that's unique. You can't be me. I can't be you. I can't be Gary Brecca or Randy Garn or Carlos Reyes or Anthony Trucks or John Maxwell or Ed Ma. I can't be any of those guys. I have to be me. And I have to understand and lean into that if I want to be authentic, I've got to have an understanding of what it is I'm talking about, and I've got to have a deep passion about it. And I've got to, and, and I think the I think the way you get that deep passion is you understand, like God, you you've called me. My voice is unique to every other voice. My call, my everything about me and everything about you is so unique to everything out there. Like nothing, no one is like me. And so I, I, I think, Jess, when you lean into your uniqueness and you're okay being you, and you're okay knowing that, listen, I may not resonate to some of the people that are listening to your podcast, to their clients, I can't touch them. I can't reach them, but you can. My story may not impact them the way your story can. And when you understand that, you really, you literally want to be authentically you. You want to show up as you. And I, you know, I did this podcast this morning. I've never done this before. And I mean, we've got like a top one and a half, 1%, whatever, you know, whatever the numbers are. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I got on there this morning because I was speaking this week. I was in Detroit at the EXP regional event 
about three weeks ago, speaking in front of several hundred agents. And then this week at a, my buddy Brandon's event in Massachusetts at UConn, about 250 entrepreneurs. And I heard another guy there use a quote from somebody I knew that wasn't his. Mm. It actually was John Maxwell's quote from my conference two years ago when he was there. And I heard him use it like it was his own. And I just, in my, in my heart, I'm like, come on, man. Like, you don't need to do that. Because when you do that, you believe that. I need them to think that that quote or that thing comes from me when you're not confident and comfortable in being authentically you. And what happens is when you, and that's not integrous, that's not being whole. And when you do that, you lose the opportunity to be authentic. And when you lose the opportunity to be authentic in front of a crowd, listen, you can be loud, you can be boisterous, you can know how to raise your voice tone. The first time I spoke for Grant Cardone in Miami, in front of their whole team, him, Richie, and Jared were in the back of the room, and I got done, and they're like, dude, you're really good. I'm like, bro, I've been preaching on Sundays for 15 years, like 20 years. I've been on stages with John Maxwell with 9,000 people. I can get up, and, and this is so funny, side note. Like you can get up on a Sunday and maybe fool some adults. I spend a lot of time in youth ministry. You're not fooling teenagers. If you don't care for and love teenagers, they'll, they'll shut your ass out in two <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And when you realize that, you realize some of the greatest pastors and communicators in America today are former youth guys because they, 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 they learned and cut their teeth on being in youth ministry where you have to be authentic. You have to show up real. And every time a speaker, author, coach, podcast host steps up to a microphone or a stage and you don't show up authentic, you lose the ability to be able to really connect with the human being and the human heart, heart the way that God desires you to and, and the way that it starts to, start, it starts to um, initiate change on the inside of them. Because they're like, man, this is different. Like something is different about this individual. And when you're authentically you, and you communicate with authenticity, I'm telling you, and you're integrous, and you're whole, and you're okay being you, listen, it may not sound good. It, your videos may suck. Like your community, man, I, I remember when I, I have cassette tapes, like they didn't even have cassette tapes when you were a kid. Like you're, you're not even that old. I remember I was cleaning out my garage and a box fell open and some cassette tape fell out. And this was 10 years ago. My kids looked at me like, what is that? I'm like, yeah, that's right. Dad's that old, right? Like cassette tapes of me in my first time speaking at church and pastoring and youth pastoring. I'm like, oh God, that's terrible. Like just get out there and use your voice. Mm -hmm. Get out there and be who God authentically made you to be. And I promise you, every time you communicate and you share what God puts on your heart, you share your story, your truth, your trauma, whatever it is, you're going to connect with people. It's going to start. It's going to initiate. You're going to be a change agent for them in their lives. I love that so much, so much there. I feel like you're speaking to so many people, even if they don't roll from a really faith-based place. Like we all yeah. know that something yeah. is connecting us to our voice. And so many people are afraid to just start and be new and to be awkward and to not be perfect. And I think that holds so many people back from <laughs> stepping into where they're supposed to be in this world. It, it's unfortunate oh, and you see it happen all the time. I'm sure you talk to a lot of successful people who still have, you know, a lot of reserve around showing up in the way that you're speaking about. And it's, it's hard to not do things right. If, if you will, in, in, in the beginning, but yeah, I do know cassette tapes. I am that old. I'm 42. There were plenty of cassette tapes when I was a kid, but 
What's funny is <laughs> that piece that you talk about, like being authentic is sometimes conditioned out of us as a kid. If you were raised in an environment where kids were meant to be seen, not heard, and you were told to fit into the box, if you were already somebody who was innately maybe boisterous or loud, being put back in that box to be like everyone else, like how do you, if you're leading somebody, get them to reconnect to who they really are so that they can start to speak into the world what needs to be shared by only them? Yeah, I would say you know, I've got a quote in the bottom of my planner um, that I look at every single day. And it says, get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. Um, it starts, it begins, it ends with relationships. Mm. And you've got to get around the right people who are going to speak into your life at such a level. It's, it's crazy because I have, I have such amazing friends in my life. The text thread I mentioned earlier, there are six champions on that text thread. Gary Brecka, Randy Garn, Vic Keller, um, Brent Gove, one of the top guys at EXP, Brian Covey, uh, Senior Vice President of Revolution Mortgage, $5 billion a year company, and my best friend, Master Jeff, who Forbes Magazine calls the Tony Robbins of Persia. He does 15,000 in-person events in Dubai and in Malaysia. Wow. And let me tell you something. If they see something in my life, they'll call my ass out in two seconds. There's no, oh, Ken, I love him. He's good. No, 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 they will, they hold me, they hold me to account of what I said I was going to do and who I said I was going to be like, they do, they don't, they do not cut slack. It's funny because I was looking for some, I was looking for some notes I did in this, in this talk that I did on those relationships. And I would say it starts with the relationships. You've got to have the right people in your life that are going to call it like they see it. Like they've got, you've got to get around people that are going to be honest. You got to get around people that are going to challenge you. People that are not going to let you settle. I Look, I've got a million dollar check right here that I'm going to cash this year. It's my goal, a million bucks. When I sat down at Jeff's house in Calabasas and I told him what my goal was, he leaned across the table and he put his hand on my knee and he, I said a million dollars a year. And he leaned across the table, he put his hand on my knee. He goes a month or a week. And I said, no, 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 dude, I, I want to make... 5.192 million in GSD this year. And I want to clear a million dollars for myself. And he leaned across the table again. He goes a month or a week. Listen, when you get around the right people, they're going to chat. They will not let you settle. And then, and here's the greatest thing of it all. You want people who care for you. Like I love Gary Brecka because Gary Brecka is my friend. Not because he's partners with Grant. Not because he's been on the Kardashians TV show. Not because he was just top secret with Marky Mark doing Mark Wahlberg stuff on a yacht, a couple Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, not because of who he spends time. He's my friend. Vic Keller, not because he sold 11 companies to Warren Buffett for an undisclosed amount of money, which was several billion dollars and served as CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Automotives for three years or Jeff. I mean, those guys are my friends. I care about who they are. They care about who I am. They don't care about what I do. They care about the impact I make, but they understand the impact I make is because of who I am. Right. At my core, how, how I live life in integrity. And if I don't live in life in integrity, they will call my ass out in two seconds. They're like, hey, dude, this is not you. For that authentic voice, how do you find off how you, who you are authentically? Is you get around the right people who are going to hold you account to account of who God created you to be. I love that. And I, I find that that's the piece that is maybe missing and that people aren't willing to put themselves in rooms where they can meet people like that 
There's you that piece to. there. You, you have, have to, to. It, it, anything I have is, is, is due to the yes. fact that I put myself in rooms that I wasn't quite ready maybe to even be in, or that I could yeah. barely afford to get myself yeah. into, or that I felt like I was the least smart person in the room or had no value to offer or whatever the case may be. I knew that I was in the right room for that very reason. And I think, you know, creating intentional relationships where you can hold each other accountable to not settle, to not let things just be what they will. And to have somebody who, you know, Lewis house shared that story in his book around having grant on the show, talking about how much money he was making that year, what his projected goal was. And he couldn't get over a certain number. And and Lewis asking why, like, why are you capping yourself at a certain number? And it was enough as a friendship, but like a challenge to come back the next time when he was on that show and had almost yeah. doubled what he made. And then, the, and then the next time he was on the show, it was like, you yeah. know, it went from almost, you know, several million to like a billion dollar business. And, you know, having people in your corner that like really put a mirror up to you and show you what is possible or what they see in you, like you said earlier, I think is the key piece that's missing for so Listen, many people. I, I was at Brent Go's build event in August. Um, he's one of the largest guys at EXP. I think he has about 29,000 agents in his organization, over a million dollars a month in rev share, a, m- a million a month in rev share, not counting how many deals his hundreds of agents close. And I'm sitting at his conference. There's 4,400 people there. Tony Robbins is a keynote and Gary's Gary's Gary speaks before I'm sitting on the front row. It's Jeff on my left, my best friend, me, Gary Brecca, Sage, Brent and Kathy. It's their event. Dean Graziosi and Randy Garn, one of my other guys that's on my text thread. And then it's Glenn's, the two billionaire Glenn's, Glenn Sanford, CEO of EXP, and Glenn Stearns, who started the Undercover Billionaire Show. And I put my arms around Gary and Jeff, because we're all, so it's, it's Jeff, me, Gary, Brent, and Randy are all, are five of the, four of the five guys in my, in my or four of the six in my text thread. And I pulled the two of them close. I went, dude, I do not belong in this front row. Like this row is insane. I'm looking at it, but what did it do? It caused me to go, okay, God, there's a reason you got me here. Like there's a reason these guys are in my life. And we challenge and push and challenge and push. And that, that text thread I told you with those four guys, Jeff, me, Gary, Brent, Randy Garn, Vic Keller, and Brian Covey, we text all day long, all throughout the day from family pictures to, I started off almost every morning with a scripture or a worship song. I send it to the guys. It's this morning's, I think this morning's text was at 4.32 a.m. Birmingham time. And then Randy's in Australia with a big group of guys. He starts sending texts from Australia. And then boom, it's just all day long. Family, scripture. Hey guys, this is what I got going on in my life. Pray for me. Hey guys, I got this opportunity. Like Gary will let us know, hey, this happened with one of my clients. Pray for me. It, it's just, it's a constant iron sharpening iron. You mm-hmm. want to have an authentic voice, get around people who are going to sharpen you to such an extent and such a point that it's going to cause the authentic to come out of you. So what are some first steps for people who are listening, women in particular, who don't have access to this in their immediate life right now? Where does somebody start when they're seeking this kind of Find companionship? Call, call you, call you say, Hey, will you mentor me? Do you have a coaching group? I, I did. I did. It's so funny. And women, whoo, don't get me started on this. Women can be chatty. Like, dudes, listen, if, if, you know, it's like I have a friend or somebody that I'm close with and he does something and it pisses me off. Like, we just, we just bro hug and, hey, dude, I'm sorry. Okay, dude, we're good. We move forward. Women, y'all mad at each other in heaven. 
Like y'all going to have it. You're still going to be pissed off at the other woman. Cause that's how women are. I got a call from a really, really, really good friend of mine. And I just spoke at her event like three or four weeks ago in Raleigh, North Carolina. She called me one morning, tears in her eyes, FaceTime me, bawling, told me about her mastermind, told me about friends who came and spoke, told me about friends and mentor pitching from her mastermind when they're not supposed to. And you know what I told her? I said, you know what, girl? I said, what you learned is a valuable lesson. Those people aren't supposed to be part of your life moving forward. So when I went and spoke at her event in Raleigh, North Carolina, you know what I did? And I told her, I said, girl, my job, when I come speak at your event, and this is what I talked a little bit about in, in Connecticut this weekend. When I come in, I'm not there to promote what I'm doing. I'm going to have people that want to connect with me because of who I am and my authenticity. They're going to come find me and they're going to, and we do, we'll probably do six figures in revenue out of this weekend, but I'm not going after your people. I don't have to do that. I got up on stage at her event and I, and when I got done and I did my, I did my great leaders want something for people, not from people talk. When you know you're around great people who love you, they want something for you, not from you. You can tell who those people are the moment they walk in a room, the literally people gravitate towards them. And she's one of those people. And I brought her up on stage. I said, when I've got three minutes left, four minutes, be ready to come out from behind those led panel walls. And I brought her out in front of me. I said, how many of you guys want what she's got? How many of you guys want to be where she's at in the next 12 to 24 months? Boom. Am Amberly, where's your deal at? Pop it up on the screen. She popped it. Sign up for her mastermind right now. Like, you don't need to listen to my stuff. You don't need to buy my, you need to be around her. And again, being a woman with, with your audience, mostly women, find some women in your life that you can emulate and you want to be like. Find somebody that's further down the road than you. I had a, I had a mentor, ooh, this was 2000, 1999, right, it was 99, right before I spoke, my first big stage, about 9,000 people with John Maxwell and my mentor, she spoke right behind me. This was the next year. She met me. She pulled me aside. She gave me her, this is before cell phones. And uh, I told you I was old. And um, she gave me her office number with a code. It was banana. She goes, anytime you need me, you call my office. Sherry Emmenecker is my assistant. You tell her you're Ken and you're one of my bananas and she'll put you right through no matter what's going on in my life. And she goes, I'm here. And this is exactly what she told me. I'm behind the stage, 4,400 students at this conference we were all speaking at. And she goes, I'm here to help you avoid the landmines and potholes that are coming down the road that you don't know are there. Because she was at that time, she was 50, 50 years old. She'd been in youth ministry for three, three decades. Mm. And that's exactly who you need. You, every lady out here, you need to find two or three women who are further ahead down the road that can help you avoid the landmines and potholes coming down the road and can call out purpose in your life. Mm. I love that so much. And I'd love for you to repeat what you said. Like you want people in you, your life who want for Something you, not for from you, you, not from you. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's the, it's the people ask how can, how in the world do you get the people in your life that you get? And it's because I want something for them, not from them. And do, so, and I was thinking about that this morning and I was going to talk about it on my podcast and I didn't because it's like, do you get taken advantage of? Sometimes. Yes, I do. Sometimes somebody will go, Hey, I want to do a stage swap and I'll give them a spot on create stage that they never would get. And then I've had, I had two people in the last couple of years who had their events and didn't invite me to their event. And you know what all that does, again, that's why I was able to tell her on that call that day when she called me, FaceTime me, I said, listen, all, it's just God's way of showing you these people don't need to be in your life. And it, does it suck? Yes. Is it painful? Yes. Are you going to see them down the road? Yes. But it's you hold yourself with integrity. 
you hold yourself, you hold yourself to a certain level. And in you, and the way you can do that is by having great relationships. But great leaders want something for people, not from people. How did I, I had a call with one of my guys, Vic, I was mentioned earlier. We, we, we first connected in August. One of my best friends who worked for John Maxwell for years is a CMO of one of his companies. He owns, still owns like 17 companies and he chairs like nine of them. And Nate got me connected. We had a 15 minute call scheduled, 15 minutes. This guy's a billionaire. It went an hour and 27 minutes. And it's just like this conversation right here. And I realized real quick, dude, Vic and I are twins. And I tell him all the time, dude, I got the looks because he's bald headed too. I said, I got the looks and you got the money. And he goes, I'd rather have the money. I said, I wouldn't because you can't get pretty. I can get rich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. We're on the phone call together in the last 10 minutes of the call. Jesse's asking me, dude, what can I, I love what you're doing. What can I do to help you? I said, dude, I don't need anything from you. I don't need anything. He asked me six times. What can I do for Vic? I don't need anything from you, dude. The last time he asked me, I said, tell you what you can do. This was the second week in August, third week in August. I said, I've got my mastermind in November. It's November the 1st um, through the 5th in Scottsdale, Utah, or Scottsdale, Arizona. And um, I said, why don't you come hang out with us for three days? He goes, I tell you what, do I give you one? I said, great, come hang out for one day. Well, the next week, I was flying to New York City to do a TV show, New York, uh, Dallas to do a TV show, New York City to speak, two-day trip. I packed a little small bag, and he calls, he texts me on the runway, said, hey, can you come to my place in Whitefish, Montana? this weekend. I said, sure. Text my assistant, rebook my flight from New York. I was gone for seven or eight days. I went four days to Whitefish and hung out at Vic's place. We had a blast and we connected. And he goes, listen, I'm going to come to Scottsdale. I'm going to be in Omaha and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you at least a day, day and a half and just kind of see what you're doing. I said, great. So he flies out from Omaha on Sunday where he had dinner with guess who? Warren Buffett. He had dinner at Warren's house on Sunday afternoon. He flies in on Monday meets with one of his old business partners, the Van Tiles, who were the largest auto um, dealership group in the country. And he comes in on Tuesday with us. I let him speak Tuesday afternoon. He walks in and he goes, he goes, okay, Ken, can I, I need, I, this can't be recorded. I said, okay. I made all my videographers, my videographer got turned his cameras off and he made everybody in the room put their iPhones face down on the table. And he goes, I'm going to tell you guys, he's going to spend 45 minutes telling you what I've learned from Mr. B over the last seven years. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We're sitting in that room and I've got killers in that room. I've got guys who have exited for 150 to $200 million. And I've got, I've got people in there that are making four or 500 grand a year. And we're sitting there for 45 minutes, listening to Vic talk about what he's learned from Warren Buffett for seven years. Did you have an out of body experience a little bit? Are you kidding me? I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, we can't record this, but I'm sitting there. and And I immediately went back to, that 15 minute scheduled calendar appointment I had. What do you need? Can I, Vic, I don't need anything from you. Vic, I not only did he stay the whole time, but he's been at every event that I've done. And he was, came to create, stayed the whole time, spoke on, spoke on Saturday, crushed it, absolutely crushed it. And then was in Puerto Rico for three and a half days for our mastermind. Now we're going to Dallas to do a big uh, create and a mastermind together. Wow. Like I'm telling you, when you, when you truly want something, for people, not from people. When you're relational and not transactional, people can tell the difference. And right now you want to stand out. Listen, I'm not the best looking dude. I'm not the most intelligent dude. I'm not the most educated dude. I'm not, I don't have, I'm, I've never been the most athletic guy, but nobody's going to outwork me. 
Nobody's going to get up at 4 a.m. more than I am. They're just not going to do it. But when you want something for people, not from people, and they can sense that in you, and they can sense, man, this just Des- really doesn't want anything from me. She really wants the best for me. She wants me to become the best version of who I am. When you get around those kind of people, shoot, you want to talk about a separator between you and your competition? I've been doing this for three years. I just had a two-hour call with my CPA. Oh, I don't even know what my tax bill is going to be this year. It's going to be nuts. You know, I, I remember back in August, we did our first $100,000 revenue week. January, we did 120 k a week for the whole month. We did almost half a million dollars in revenue. Like when you do that, the revenue will follow when you do that. I promise you it will follow because when you make impact, God's going to make sure that you get the revenue you need to be able to take that impact and make it even bigger. Mm. And I, it's huge for people. So Ken, you talked about so much good stuff and I know people are probably just sitting in this flow state of listening to your voice. Cause one, it is mesmerizing. You can tell that you were a pastor and it's, it's, you were always the type of person I wish would have been in the room when I was a kid. Like I probably yeah. would have been a whole lot more committed if I hadn't had ones that were over 80 that were half falling asleep talking to us. That's just a tough bit to connect to when you're you know, a child. But, yeah. um, it's crazy because that 15 minute call that you had with him, how let, let's just break that down because that didn't just fall in your lap. You didn't just happen to get his phone number. You didn't just get invited to book that call. I know so many women who are listening, thinking I, I would love to reach out to so-and-so. I would love to have a connection call with so-and-so, but you know, what do I have to offer that conversation? Yes. Maybe they want to do something for that person, but how would they even approach that conversation? So let's talk a little bit first tier level of getting into that sort of situation with somebody, because I too have experiences like that, where I've reached out and said, Hey, I'd love to have a conversation. And that's also one of the reasons I started a podcast to Mm -hmm. get me in front of people and a way to give them something, a platform to share their story, a platform to share their message. And, and in return, I have a show. And, and the, the exchange on that was like, a no brainer for me. I was right. like, if all I have to do is facilitate this, yeah. yes, it cost me a little coin and lots yeah. of my time and energy, yeah. but I truly, I truly, yeah, I do want to learn something from other people, but yeah. I also want, I'm a, I'm a hype girl cheerleader at my core. Like I want to see people win. And I innately think a lot of people want to see people win and want to help yeah. other people. And so if you can come back to that place of not, what can I get from this situation, but what can I give to it? That's how I've gotten into every room. I really couldn't afford. That's how I've gotten in backstages with people doing hair and makeup for events that I was like, how did I end up here? You know what I mean? Like if you just get put in and around conversations that lead to the next opportunity for you to then move through life, experiencing things around people you would never otherwise get to meet. So if someone's thinking about that, like how do they just go after people that they admire and reach out and ask if they can have a connection call, pick their brain, how can they serve them? Like what, what advice would you give someone listening? Yeah. Two couple of things. Number one of so many of my friends, I met doing Instagram lives right before COVID start. And then when COVID hits, when we really launched GSD, so it's been three years, when we COVID hit, we launched GSD, and then I went into podcast mode. Carlos Reyes, Anthony Trucks, Sharon Lecter, Greg Reed, Brad Lee, Grant. Well, Grant and I were already were close and friends then. I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on. All the people you Amberly Lago, all the people you see on my stage, Master Jeff. I mean, all of those people I met doing my podcast, and we just hit it off. And they're like, "Dude, here's my cell phone number." I mean, I've got guys like Carlos, people know if a lot of you guys may not know who Carlos Reyes is because he's in the real estate wholesale world, but he's got like 10 or 11 companies that do seven, eight, nine figures a year. 
I mean, the dude, he's an immigrant, came here, like, I think he got deported three times when he was a, under 12. And he comes to my conference. He doesn't even let me pay him. He wouldn't even let me take care of his travel. He's like, no, dude, I just want to be a part. Wherever you're at, I want to be a part of it. I'm like, okay. Like, you've got to have those people in your life. So my six guys in my text thread, and I'll give you guys, if you got a pen paper, you, want to, you may want to write this down. Um, what I did a year ago in 20, I finished Create 2022, got in the shower the Sunday morning and just cried like a baby. I was like, God, you're so good. Like what he did was blew my mind. And every year he does it over and over and over. Blew my mind. But I said, my word for this year, um, for last year was going to be um, intentional. I was going to be intentional. And so I was going to be intentional in my relationships. So all of those guys that are in my text thread, obviously Vic came in August, but there was other, the other five guys that are in my text thread. I approached each of them separately. And I said, listen, I want to take our relationship to the next level. Here's what I'm willing to invest. My time, my talent, and my treasure. I'm willing to invest my time, talent, and treasure in you to build our relationship to take it to the next level. My time, I'm going to put time on my calendar to be wherever you're at. I've been to Brent and Kathy's house in Puerto Rico twice and hung out. I've been to Nashville to hang out. I've been with Gary. I've been at Gary Brecka's house, I don't know, probably more than probably more than Grant has a lot. I've been to Gary's a lot. Jeff's in Calabasas. I've been out there. I'm going out there next week. I'll spend three or four days with him and his family in Calabasas. Um, who am I missing? Um, Randy Garn. I've been to Salt Lake City like six times this year to hang out with Randy and do, and do events and speak with Randy. Vic Keller. I've been with numerous times to Dallas. I've been to his house in Whitefish. Like I calendar time. I take time out of my life and my calendar to be able to spend time with these guys. My, my time, my talent. How can I take what I have to help your dream become a reality? What is it you want to do and what is it you want to accomplish? Now, how can I put to work my talent, my network, what I have to be able to bring your dream to pass? I'm not asking you to help me. I want to bring something to the table to you that's tangible. And the last thing is my treasure. I was on a phone call, um, Brent Goff. So Brent does the Build Conference um, and he does um, a Cabo which was a blast. I just got back from Cabo about a month or so ago. That was, that was awesome. Eight days, seven days. And uh, he does these two big EXP events. Well, they're his events, but like the front row seats, like five grand or four grand or whatever for the front row seat. I called him on the phone. I said, listen, I want to invest my time, talent, and treasure in you and Kathy. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And I want to, I just want to deepen our relationship. I said, when is build? It's August like the 19th through the 23rd or whatever it was. I said, what's the website? Build 22. I went online while I was on the phone with him. And I bought the most expensive ticket he had. Gary Brecka, I'm on a Zoom call. And I said, dude, I said, are you speaking at GrowthCon this year? And he goes, dude, I can't wait. I'm, gonna, I'm so fired up. It's going to be awesome. Are you going to be there? I'm like, dude, what's the date? Get it? I'm literally sitting on my computer just like this. And I looked over at the date. And I look at the calendar date. And I think it was like April the 16th or whatever the date was. And I look back. This was last year. I look back and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I got front row seats to go see Eric Church in Birmingham. They cost me a thousand bucks a piece. I'm like, I'm going to like, he's one of my favorite guys. Right. And I'm like, yeah, Gary, I'll be there. Sold my Eric church front row seats. I think I got 625 for him. I lost 600 bucks. Then I had to pick the phone up and call Jim Morales, who used to be in my community, who's Grant CFO. And I said, dude, I think I got 10 grand on my account. Can you get me a diamond seat so I can come watch Gary speak? And I had a second row diamond seat. So when Gary came down the little shoot at growth con last year, I was standing on the end of the aisle 
high five and he came over and he hugged my neck. Got it on video. Came over to hug my neck and then he crushed it for the next 90 minutes in his talk. Like time, talent, and treasure. Like I'm going to invest in you. I'm not asking you to give me anything. Because just by being around those kind of people, I promise you, it will blow the lid off because it's all mindset. It'll blow the lid off your mindset of what you think is possible and what you think God can really do through your life anyway. But I'm telling you, you want great relationships, invest time, talent, and treasure. Find somebody that you want to emulate and model. Find somebody that you look up to and go, hey, I want to come take you to lunch. I'll give you 500 bucks for an hour of your time. Whatever it takes, get in front of that person. Serve their vision, serve their dream, serve what's going on. And I promise you, your scripture says your gift will make room for you. And I promise you, it'll, it'll, it'll open doors for you and you'll get around You'll get around the right people if you have that kind of heart. Mm, so much good stuff there. I feel like you've done this before a few <laughs> times, Ken. I love this. This yeah. is so insightful and helpful. And I hope, I hope listeners, maybe you're on your walk, maybe you're driving in the car, maybe you're doing something, cleaning the house. And this felt like a moment to connect back with God, to connect back with yourself. I think you definitely took me there and allowed for us to just become one of the people that feels like they could potentially be in the room. And you gave us yeah. tangible tools at the end there, you know, your time, your time is so valuable and it's the one thing we can never get back. So, you know, committing time to showing up and doing these things that you say you want in your life, the talent, if you have something to offer, and I use this as an, like a, a as a thing to show is like, I'm not a practicing hairdresser and makeup artist anymore, but when someone calls and they want me in the room with them while they're prepping for a four day live event, it, that means something to me. Yes. My talent is great. And I will give that away all day long, but what do they say to me when I'm in that room, your energy, your presence, you being here, you make me feel so comfortable. I'm so grateful you're here before I go step on stage, the access I've gotten to the different speakers and rooms that I've been able to be in and the introductions that I've been able to have, like by way of giving a talent that I just take for granted at times, or I feel isn't of as much value as somebody else is the thing that's gotten me in the room with so many people. So Ken, thank you for that reminder. Thank you for pouring into the listeners on how they can start to make some movement for themselves by mm -hmm. intentionally creating relationships and networking. It is easier than you think. Does it take intentionality? Yes. But guess what? You get to just be yourself. Yeah. You don't have to be anybody else and take the pressure off of having to be perfect or be like anybody else. Cause you can't do it like me and I can't do it like Ken and Ken sure. can't do it like Grant. And we wouldn't want more than one of the same people. Like, so I think you owning that truth about who you are is what's going to make the differentiating piece of how you're able to enjoy the life you create for yourself. I have one last question because I know all of these people have a tie in with real estate and I have mm -hmm. a huge fascination with it. And I'd love to know how you got into real estate with your backstory and given everything <laughs> that you, you started yeah. doing, how, where did, where did real estate fall into your life when it came to business? Yeah. So I was on the road traveling with one of my best friends. We were doing motivational high school assemblies all around the country. Um, we were, we were in schools four days a week for, for 10, nine, 10 months during school year, spoke to about 330,000 students across the country. And I did that for one year. I had, um, let's see, my daughter would have been three and one and actually four and one. And I traveled for a year and my wife at the time said no more. <laughs> so we were back home. We'd moved back home to where we're at just right outside of Atlanta. And my best friend was a mortgage broker. And I went to Chris, I said, dude, I need a job. We've been best friends since we were seven. He goes, okay, there's your office. Here's your keys to your car. And here's your first deal. And he handed me my first deal. 
and um, made $146,000 doing real estate, doing mortgages my first year. Didn't know anything about, I didn't know a 1008 from a 1003 to a RESPA doc to anything about mortgages. And that was my, uh, that was my, really my intro into entrepreneurship and being able to make money because um, I've been doing ministry forever, making 50, $55,000 a year. And here I am the first year making $146,000. And um, that was kind of my intro. So just and from that point forward, I just figured it out and got around the right people. Yeah, for sure. And I know that's a key piece to how a lot of people have established real wealth in their life. And I, you know, mm -hmm. follow Dean's story and no grant, mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's something that I think scares a lot of people given the state of what's going on and, and, mm -hmm. you know, getting educated is what your number one flex on learning the things that intimidate or scare you. But also, you know, if things are interesting to you and you want to learn how to diversify or grow your wealth, like read the books, listen to the podcast, get around people who you are like, oh, I don't really understand what's going on. Stay yeah. paying attention, ask the questions. How can you serve them? How can you learn from them? Um, those are the things that are going to help you get unstuck so that you can start to make some real progress and change in your life. Ken, thank you so much for your time today. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was such a blessing. I'm, I'm so grateful that we got connected and I know you've served this audience so well. Um, you guys, if you loved Ken and his story and everything he had to share today, please it means the world when you share this stuff on social media, when you send these podcasts to friends to get it out to more people and just pour back into our speakers and our guests that are on the show, because it really truly means the world when we get feedback, when we can hear that what we've said and our message meant something to you individually, especially, um, it just, it really is a key piece. We're all, we're all human and we do love a good slap of validation from time to time. Um, so Ken, thank you so much. Where can we You're find welcome. you? Where do you love to hang out the most so people can connect with you? Yeah. At Ken Jocelyn, K-E-N-J-O-S-L-I-N on Instagram. Um, I answer all my own DMs. So it's just me. My team sees them on the, uh, my team sees them on my CRM. So I'm single. So ladies, be don't send nudes or do you, send nudes. Cause <laughs> you'd be amazed. No, don't send nudes. I don't think you can do, I guess you can do that, but I don't think you see them on the CRM, but you'd be amazed at some of the stuff I get. And, oh, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. So be. No. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Thank you. I hope we get to do this again in the future. Yeah. And Ken, if you ever need some support or if you could use yeah. a, a hype girl cheerleader in the back, I would love to somehow show up, be of support and pour into your community. I need somebody to do my hair for my I'm next I'm done. Year. You're my favorite <laughs> client. <laughs> get, I'm in. All right, you guys, if you love this episode, like I said, please share it and we'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Giving back is easy. Leave Unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 